0: Good to be with you, my name is Alan, and uh, this past weekend, Friday and Saturday, we had a pretty great garage sale here, and so uh, how many of you picked up some loot, got something? Got something out of there, good, I know some of you will have some stuff to donate next year, that's good. Uh, So I do just want to pause and say thank you to all of you, many of you who donated great stuff And uh, it was a fun uh, service to the community, really. We had a number of folks really blessed by your generosity and giving. And then uh, in addition to that, we raised thousands of dollars. I don't know the final number, but thousands of dollars for the students so they can do their servant trip over the summer. So well done, good job, it was good fun, good job. So uh, I want to talk this morning about what you were just singing about, what we were just singing about, that God is good and we we have much to be grateful for. A number of years ago, I wanted to learn how to be a better runner, and so I don't mind the running part of it, but one of the things that I am the worst at is nutrition, is the eating part of it. I, I, I don't, you know, avoid desserts so that I can run, I run so that I can eat desserts. And so I had to kind of get over that uh, piece. But I went to a nutrition seminar so I can learn a little bit more about uh, what to eat, et cetera. And there, was only, there were only about 20 people at this event and the instructor handed out a tray of black balls that she said were very healthy and very uh, delicious. And so uh, they were handed around, and, and I, uh, I was hopeful and optimistic and enthusiastic. And so I picked up a ball, and turns out, I took a bite of it, and it turns out if you sprinkle sesame seeds on top of a clump of tar, it doesn't taste good. That's what I learned that. I learned that at the seminar. So, yeah, nonetheless, people around me are going, "Hmm, that tastes delicious. I don't know what's wrong with them. But uh, I don't know if you share this frustration with me. It's one of the questions that I one day want to ask God, if I have the opportunity, is just with regard to food, why is it that food either is good for you or it tastes good? Isn't that frustrating that some of you, I know you're going to disagree with me, but in my experience, it, it's one or the other. There are exceptions, but far too few exceptions. And what we say so often is to kids, we say, well, that's good for you. And when do we say that? When it tastes bad. We don't say, hey, well, it's good for you when something tastes delicious. We don't have to. We don't say, hey, it's Easter. Eat your chocolate because uh, it's good for you because it's got cocoa in it. and Cocoa is good. Cocoa is beans. It's like vegetables, so eat it. It's good. We don't say that. When we say good for you, it's because something doesn't taste very good. It's, it's either one or the other. A couple of weeks ago, we started this series, the delta. Triangle means delta. It means change. And what we're doing is inviting you to consider the, the, the reality of following Christ means that he wants to, to change, to bring Delta in your life uh, from the person you are to the person you could become. And so that's the challenge and the invitation. That is a part of being a follower of Jesus. When we think about Delta, when we think about possible change in our lives, most of us would agree that it's a good thing. The things that Jesus wants to do in us, they are good for us. But I think sometimes we attach it to, to the food experience and say, it's good for you, which means it's going to taste terrible. It's good for you, so it's going to be nasty. It's going to be rough. It's going to be awful. It's like the dentist. You know it's good for you, but I've, I don't know very many people who are excited about dentist appointments. It's just something that, that you kind of have to do. What if, what if, no offense to people in the dentist industry, we thank you. We, we smile, thank for you. But what if... The pursuit of holiness, the the delta, the pursuit of change in our lives is not just something that that is good for you one day, but it is something that actually tastes good in the process. What if the whole delta experience is, is not just something that we need to endure in order to get somewhere else, but it is actually something we can enjoy? That We're not just called to be noticeably different, but it is a wonderful experience to be different. That, I believe, is what it is. So it's what we're going to talk about this morning and, and see where you land on that. I'd love to pray with you, if you would, bow your heads. Father, I thank you once again uh, that we get to be with you here, that we get to set aside this time, that we get to learn something, that we get to be with you. Father, come and challenge us. I pray that you would you would help us to see that what you call us to is something beautiful, something joyful. And uh, I pray that you would help us experience that here today in some way. In the name of your son, we pray. Amen. A couple weeks ago when I started this series, I uh, talked about the fact that we humans don't proceed very well unless we have clarity on the why. We, when it comes to growing or changing or trying something new, we 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 pretty much we're pretty much motivated by a why we need to we need to know why this is the case why this would be beneficial, etc. In that week, a couple of weeks ago, I, I looked at some uh, verses from Peter. Peter was one of the disciples, perhaps the most famous of the disciples. And at one point, he answers the why by quoting God from the Old Testament, saying, "Be holy, because I am holy." God says, "You be holy, because." Because God is holy, and if you are a follower of Christ, you represent Christ, and we want to represent him well. That is true, and it is clear in Scripture, but if we're honest, some of us hear that and go, I think I might need more. Yes, it's true, but maybe not all of us are motivated by that as a why. Sometimes we don't just need a why, we need a WIFM, a W-I-I-F-M, which means... What's in it for me? Sometimes we don't just need a why, just kind of a theological, ethereal why. We need a what's in it for me. And there is a, a with them with regard to the pursuit of holiness. Moses is a key character in the Old Testament story. Deep in the, the, the beginning of the story, Moses is the one who frees the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, and they wander through the desert for 40 years. And during that process, there, there are many writings of Moses in the Old Testament. And multiple times, Moses uh, says, he's talking about the, the laws that come from God, and multiple times, he says, he says something, and then he says, so that it may go well with you. This is a phrase that Moses uses multiple times. Why? So that it may go well with you. Keep my commandments. Keep the commandments of God so that it may go well with you. Follow these guidelines so that it may go well with you. Challenge yourself to a delta, to changing some area of your life so that it may go well with you. This is a whiffum. What's in it for me? Not just because I have to do what God asked me to do, not even just because I want to represent God well, but it will go well with us if we do that. So when does that kick in? If that's true, when does that kick in? Does that kick in next year? Does that kick in after 40 years of wandering in the desert? Does that kick in once we go to heaven? And then, then we will experience the benefits of that. Or do we get to experience that now? King David, whom we talked about last week, He's known as a warrior poet, and he also wrote Psalm 34, which was another one of his greatest hits. And he, in that psalm, he says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. Check this stuff out. Check out this journey of following the ways of God and see that it's not just good for you one day, but that it, it is good now. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Peter is very familiar with David's words from Psalm 34. And in the next chapter of his, of his book, a couple of weeks ago we looked at 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 2 begins with these words. 1 Peter chapter 2. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. This journal is all about growth. And so the idea is let's grow up in our our journey with God and, and enjoy the nutritious milk that he offers. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is God. Good. He's referring to David's writings from the Old Testament, taste that the Lord is good, taste and see that the Lord is good. The first verse of these, of this section here, I'm going to spend the rest of our time talking about the fact that tasting the ways of God is good, but I want to first look at at verse one. There's an aggressive list that Peter offers here. I say aggressive because these are, these are some unpleasant words, but they're holiness words. They're Delta words, words that we might identify, we might look at and say, yeah, that's, I still need to work on that area, still need to work on that area. There are areas where Peter challenged them and, and therefore challenges us. And all of these words have something in common. They all have to do with our relationship with other people, how we interact with other people. And if we represent Christ, then we do not want to leave a bad taste in other people's mouths then when we interact with people, we want to represent him well. Otherwise, we leave a bad taste in their mouths. All of these words have to do with how we interact with others. Just real quickly, malice, the root of the word malice is mal, which means bad or evil. It means intentionally evil. If, if you show malice, you are, it's not just an accident. You are intentionally trying to hurt somebody else. Deceit is intentional misdirection. And it's consistent throughout Scripture. God really hates lying tongues because it's so easy and so natural for us to reshape things for our own benefit. And God does not like that. That is not helpful in the kingdom. That is not helpful in relationships. And so it leaves a bad taste in other people's mouths when we are deceitful. Hypocrisy is a word from the theater that it actually wasn't a, 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 a negative word in the theater, but we have come to embrace the word hypocrisy very much to be a negative uh, idea. But, but an actor was simply known as a hypocrite. If you're, if you're an actor, then you play the role of somebody else. You put on a mask, you are a hypocrite. Now we embrace this word very much as a negative thing, that you're pretending to be someone that you're not. You're acting in life. If you're on a stage, that's fine. But in real life, in real relationships, it's not healthy. To pretend that you are faithful. To pretend that you are honest. To pretend that you are pursuing God and trying to give the impression to those around you that you're a spiritual person when in, in your heart of hearts, that's really not a passion for you. It's not good to be a hypocrite, to pretend you're something that you're not. Uh, envy uh, requires somebody else. Okay, the, again, all of these have to do with, our, with other people. I don't recall ever being jealous of myself. That, that, that requires somebody else to, 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 be, uh, to be involved with that. And then finally, slander is when we tear someone else down. It's similar to malice. We intentionally tear someone else down in order to feel better about ourselves. Overall, what Peter is saying is all of these things have to do with the impression we leave on others. And what we want is, as followers of Christ, to leave a great impression so that people walk away from us going, hmm, that tasted good. That was a good experience. That people should have a good taste in their mouths when they interact with people who follow Jesus. For example, a boss who is not yet a follower of Jesus should want to find employees who are Christians because of the way they treat one another, because of their integrity, because of their honesty, because of the way that their work ethic and the way they enjoy life. That a boss should want Christians to be at their work. A father who is not yet a follower of Christ should be more open to his daughter dating a Christian boy because of the reputation that hopefully that Christian boy or followers of Jesus have that they treat women differently, that they are honoring and that they are thoughtful and, and loving. And that they're they going to honor this young lady instead of, uh, you know, doing what all the rest of the world says we're supposed to do, uh, you know, before we commit to one another. And so, um, you, you, you know, it just should be that those who are not yet followers of Christ say, I want to engage with Christians because they have a good reputation, because they leave a good taste in our mouths. We're supposed to act that way. We're supposed to represent Christ well, so that others can taste and see that the Lord is good. That the one that we say we follow is good. Now, it's almost lunch, and I've been talking a lot about tasting, and so I'm getting hungry. And so what I wanna do is, um, the band's gonna come out, and uh, they're gonna provide me with some strawberry rhubarb pie. And so I, I want to know if anybody else is interested in joining me and having a piece of strawberry rhubarb pie. Anybody want to come and taste and see that the pie is good? Anybody? Any? Let's see. Let's see. Somebody's maybe a little bit closer. I see some in the back. Yeah, I see there. You're going crazy. You must be a pine nut. Yes, right there. You just went to the side? Yes, right there. Would you come on down? Come on down. Awesome. You seem rather enthusiastic. You like pie? Not really. <laughs> well, this is going to be fun. All right. Let's do it. What's your name? Andre. Andre, Nice to meet you Andre? You too. Great. Let's go back here. You can uh, pick either of the pies, whichever one you like. Do they look equal? You can like this one. You're good with that one? Okay. Uh, would you like wait, 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 would you would you like some whip? <laughs> it's just right. like some whipped cream? Why why would you not why would you not want Cool Whip on there, right? Bleep, 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 bleep. You want a little more? Sure. There you go. All right. Now, go ahead and get a good bunch of that whipped cream. Mmm. Mmm. Mm. Thanks, bro. Mmm. Mmm. Tastes Here. good? Yeah, it's good. Good. Take some more of that whipped cream. Take another bite of that. Yeah. Mmm. Mmm. Good. What do you think? Oh, good. <laughs> Have you had a someone in the medical field check out your taste buds recently? Yeah. Well. Yeah? yeah, I'm in the medical field. Good. Yeah, we're working okay. Well, good. Cause um, that's not regular Cool Whip. Oh. Yeah, mine is, and mine tastes delicious. But yours is has a little extra taste to it. Can you kind of feel something? Is no, it? Sure. Coming at you yet? What's that? What? It's not poisonous. It's not going to hurt you. Yeah. Kind of toxin? It's not. No, it's not hot. It's not. It's just. It's a special blend of ingredients that you're not supposed to enjoy. Yet you seem to be, which is fine. I came eating and drinking, man. Great. You know what? Here you what? Well, you you can take that with you, if you would. Uh, at some point, if you would return the plate, you don't need to wash it. Just bring the plate. Randy after the serve, yeah, Randy actually made it up for you. I knew it. Yeah, you knew that. Okay, would you like a Sprite? Because at some point it might kick in. That. It... Well, thank you so much. Give this guy a hand. Those sitting around him, can you just keep your eye out uh, uh, for him there and just make sure, yeah, make sure he doesn't kind of fall over. So... So, uh, so there is a, a, a nasty concoction that created that, uh, his side of the Cool Whip uh, jug, uh, jug there. And see, the idea is that in order to taste whether something is good or not, see, you don't know what exactly what that tastes like, and you can't unless you put your spoon in and put it in your own mouth. You can't taste and see whether something is good or not unless you try it yourself. Don't don't take somebody else's word for it. Don't take my word for it. Don't take his word for it. Don't take anyone else's word for it. You have to taste and see on your own whether or not something is good. Whether or not here in in terms of spiritual growth, whether or not the the ways of God are good. You get to taste and see whether that is the case or not. King David thousands of years ago was very confident saying, taste and see, you check this out. Give it a try and you will find that the ways of God of God are good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. That's what David believed. That's what I believe too. I, you have to taste and see for yourself. Let me just tell you what I believe. I believe that that sin, that when we walk outside of the ways of God, tastes bad. It consistent, not sometimes, it consistently tastes bad. For example, most of us are familiar with how terrible regret tastes. That there's some part of our lives, some part of our journey, and we are familiar with how, how awful regret tastes. A number of years ago, Cher sang a song that kind of, you know, launched her back into the, into the limelight. If I could turn back time. Remember that song, Long Time Ago? And many of us, you know, part of, the, part of the, the popularity of that song is that many of us just wish we could do that. If I could turn back time, I wish I could just go back a few days. I wish I could go back a few months, a few years. If I could go back to that one moment, that one decision, that one missed opportunity. If I could just go back in time and fix that, I, I, would, I would love to because I hate carrying regret with me. It's actually a popular theme in in a number of different songs. More recently, Katy Perry. This was still a few years back, but she had a song, Falling from from Cloud Nine. And one lyric in there is, I wish I knew then what I know now. Again, many of us can relate to that. I wish that my current self could zap back to the past and warn my old self that the pathway I was on was not a good pathway. I wish I knew then what I know now. I wish I could go back and and tell my old self, it's it's not going to be good for you. It's going to taste terrible. I wish I could do that. See, See, sin, the pathways of sin, they might seem appealing right on the front end, but it doesn't take long for them to taste terrible. And this is why part of the Christian experience is to, is to deal with sin, talk about sin. Unfortunately, what happens when we do that is that we come across as judgmental. That one of, the, one of the things that people struggle with the most about Christians is that we come across as judgmental, as holier than thou. And it leaves a terrible taste in other people's mouths, this whole idea of, of, of I'm holier uh, 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 than you are. And it is and, and, and it is it is an awful um, experience for others to to uh, to feel that to experience that to have to endure that the the, the holier than thou peace. Jesus was not judgmental. You know, we 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 have a bad reputation of being um, of you know kind of pointing out the sins, you know, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. You're a sinner, you're going to hell. It it seems that judgmental Christians often have bad posture. You ever notice that? They're doing this kind of thing. And it just leaves a terrible taste in other people's mouths. Jesus was not judgmental. When When he interacted with people who were caught in sin, stuck in sin, he wasn't judgmental. He was compassionate, consistently, he was compassionate saying in in multiple different ways, either through his words or through healing or through teachings with others around, he would say, I don't want you to be stuck in that place. I want you to experience freedom. I don't want you to live a life of regret. I don't want you to continue to walk out a life wishing you could go back and and fix things. I want you to experience freedom from this stuff. I, I hope that I don't come across in, in my world as, as if I think I'm holier than thou? Because the truth is, I, I just think sin tastes bad, whether it's my sin or your sin or the sin in, in the people's lives I care about. I think it tastes bad, and I want to avoid it myself, and I want us to avoid it together. I hope that doesn't come across as holier than thou. So I think that sin tastes bad as far as taste. I think that holiness tastes good, always. Last week, I I put up six different areas of life over the 14 years that I've been here. Most of the conversations and prayer requests and struggles that that we've had and I've had conversations with people tend to fall into one of these six categories. And, And the idea with these six categories, last week, I asked you to just pick one, just identify one and then see how the Holy Spirit wants to work on that in you. And... And when we do that, when we let God do a delta in our lives in one of these areas, it's not just that it's good for you one day, but the journey itself tastes good. We we can taste and see along the whole way that God is good. Let me just walk out these these six real briefly um, as examples, and then we're done. Marriage is the number one to me, it seems to be the number one felt need here in our church, here in our community, that people want to have joy and romance restored in the marriage relationship. And that's why we continue to offer our Monday night um, uh, marriage, Marriage Monday ministry uh, every Monday night. And it's called Reengage. That's the 16-week program. It's called Reengage because people ha- feel disengaged from that relationship and they want it to be re-engaged, reconnected. The reality is, no matter how you feel, regardless of how you feel about your spouse, right now this morning, there was a time when you were gaga over each other. That, that's just common in all marriages. There was a time, we might deny it and say, no, I never was. There, you always were. There always was a time when you made fool, wonderfully foolish decisions and you spent foolish amounts of money, etc. There was a time. Wasn't it great? Wasn't it terrific? The, this gift that God gives us to experience love and romance and commitment and planning for the future. And any of us who've been married for a while, we, we want that re-engaged. We want that restored. And I just want to tell you that the joy of the reality that your relationship can be restored. Yes, there's a whole lot that has happened between that moment and what's going on right now, but your relationship can be restored. It's happened thousands and thousands of times. It is is not just do the good thing and just hang it, you know, tough it out, stay together. It's a matter of, of experiencing the joy of that beautiful relationship once again. Second one is habits. Habits are the recurring um, things that we're involved with that recreate re- ruts in our brain chemistry. And once again, it's not just that it's, it's good for you to, to break free from those habits. It is so liberating to have a new experience with those parts of life. To be free from hating yourself for not being able to stop whatever that thing might be. To be free from the embarrassment of Periodically getting caught again and again and having to deal with that. Being free from the lies and the deception of trying to avoid getting caught. Just being free from all of that stuff is incredibly joyful. Yes, it's difficult breaking through. It's difficult to break through and, and, and work on it. It's a difficult journey, absolutely. But there is joy all along the way because of the freedom that comes and that Christ promises through that stuff spiritual disciplines. These are the areas of lives that are, areas of our lives that are specifically, that we participate in specifically for the purpose of connecting with God. It's prayer and reading scripture and and meditation and fasting, etc. These, if, if you've never sat down with scripture, on your own, just you and an and open Bible in front of you. I'm not talking about somebody else enlightening you about scripture or watching something on TV or, or reading another book about scripture or whatever. I'm talking you and scripture. If you've never had a moment where you've read it and something just jumped out of the page because it says that the word of God is alive. And so if you've never had a moment where something was just so personal and so profound and so powerful, if you've never had a moment like that, You are missing out on what a relationship with God could be. It doesn't happen every time, but it'll never happen if we we don't commit those moments to it. If we don't have the spiritual discipline of saying, I am going to engage with the word of God. It's an incredibly joyful thing that we we don't we don't have to just learn about God. Okay, what what did I learn today? What did I add today? We get to make memories with God. It's a relationship. So, having an encounter with the word like that is making a memory with your God. Sexuality. In the church, we often talk about the the negative parts of sexuality. We, We tend to focus on it, we tend to have bad posture on this topic. Don't do that, don't do that. All of us in this room, we're very aware of the angles and aspects of sexuality that we need to be careful with and that they are destructive. And yes, we'll continue to address those and talk about those. But let's not forget that that, that sex is not a plague that we are to avoid. It's this incredible gift from God. And it's not all just about avoiding all the negative stuff. There is incredibly good joy that comes from it. Sometimes people talk about about tasting food, tasting something delicious like a strawberry rhubarb pie with, with Uh, actual Cool Whip on it, not the other stuff. Tasting something delicious. And sometimes people use the phrase, oh, it tastes better than sex. I'm not sure they're doing sex right. Okay, finances, uh, moving on. (laughs) Finances. This is another area that, that, that stirs up so much anguish in us, and we would be wise to just, to just be mindful, of, just ask ourselves the question why, why do I have this money anyway? What's the purpose of money? I mean, you are uh, uh, in the top 5% of the wealthiest people in the world, right here, you, you. Why has God blessed you with it? Why do you have so much? We have so much anxiety connected to the issue of our finances, and we deal with it in in marriage relationships and family relationships, and you spent too much, et cetera, and we get so anxious about saving a certain amount, and saving, and and we got to spend, and more, and compare, et cetera, and it's such an emotional issue. Money is absolutely an emotional issue. How much do you make? How does that compare to other people who are doing the same thing that you're making? It's about personal value. There's so much going on that if we just back off, boil the thing down to simply asking, what's money for? Money is for enjoying yourself, enjoying your life, and blessing others. That's it. And both of those things, not just the first one. Yes, enjoy yourself. Enjoy that car. Enjoy that house. Enjoy that vacation. Absolutely, God has blessed you with an opportunity to enjoy that stuff. And the purpose of it is to bless others, to be a blessing to others. Finally, is emotional stability. And this is just the reality that um, sometimes we go on an emotional roller coaster and anger and depression kicks in and it makes, it makes life pretty difficult for us and for those around us. I have, m- most of my life, I've been an emotionally stable person. I've just found recently there have been some days where I just, I just get caught. I get stuck down in a low spot, and I hate it. I hate it, I just, I I know it's happening and and I want to pull out of it and I just can't. It can be such an incredibly joyful experience of life to just wake up in the morning with consistent optimism about life. To just wake up and just go, today is gonna be a great day. Despite what you look like in the mirror, despite how your shoulder feels, despite how, how, the things that your boss says to you, the things that your kids do, despite the circumstances of life, it is an incredibly joyful, powerful, wonderful thing to just say, this day is a gift from God and there's no other day like it. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice today. I'll be glad in it. Now, that's how I think holiness tastes. But again, you have to taste it for yourself. You have to taste it for yourself. What does it mean to follow Christ and allow him to do deltas in your life? Don't just take somebody else's word for it. Don't just take my word for it. You have to taste and see whether or not you think the Lord is good to trust God with these areas of life and take a step forward. Say, God, I trust you with this delta I, and I'm not just doing it because I want to it. to, it's the right thing to do. Good for you. It's healthy and it's gonna be an awful journey. But instead to say, this journey with you, God, it's not just good for me, but it tastes good as well. That's great news. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I wanna close today by praying with you, and then the band has got one final song of celebration. As we do that, would you stand? Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you are so good to us. You love us, Father. I pray that you would help us uh, this week to to taste and see just how, how good you are. God, that we would, we would not just trust that someone else said something is awful or, or holiness is awful or that situation is, 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 um, is so painful, God, but that we would we would taste and see for ourselves and that you would time and time again show us just how beautiful it is when we trust you, when we follow you. God, would you show us this week not, not just to, 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 to do the right thing, but to experience the joy of pursuing you, of living the way you want us to live. We pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.